at the air. The paper she was trying for lurched suddenly to the ground in front of her, and her foot came down upon it, grinding it into the dirt. Susan stooped and snatched it up. It's torn! The dirty imprint of her shoe was stamped irrevocably in its center. I'm sorry, I'll copy it over for you. It doesn't matter. David shrugged his shoulders and reached to take the paper from her hand. The rest of it's blown away, anyhow. One ripped page isn't going to make any difference. If it's not all there, old Griffin won't take any of it. Is it a song for Ophelia? Yeah, tried to be. But Griffin would have called it something else, I'm sure. I've never done anything right for him yet. Neither have I. Neither, I guess, has anybody. Susan fell into step beside him, her heart lifting suddenly, her depression disappearing. The wind wasn't so bad after all, for it had blown this luck upon her. The unbelievable, undreamed-of event of herself, Susan McConnell, entering the halls of Del Norte High School side by side with beautiful, popular, elfin-faced David Ruggles, president of the senior class. For the last year of her life, Susan had dreamed about David every night, at least every night in which she could remember having a dream. In some of the dreams, he smiled at her, the open, sweet, heart-clenching smile that belonged to him alone. In others, they sat and talked for hour after hour, sharing with each other private thoughts and longings. Never yet had there been a dream in which they walked shoulder to shoulder into English class with everyone, even Betsy Klein, turning to stare, to envy, to wonder. When they reached the door to the building, David struggled with it, pulling with all the weight of his slight frame as the wind forced it closed. For a moment it seemed it would be a draw, but in the end David won, and he and Susan staggered into the crowded hallway where numerous other red-faced, wind-torn students laughed, jostled, shoved tangled hair out of their faces, and shouted things like, Great day for kite flying, and look what the wind just blew in. Susan took off her glasses and wiped the dust from the lenses with the front of her blouse. When she put them on again, David had moved away from her. She started to press forward to regain her place beside him, but others had already fallen into it. Mark Kinney, lean, expressionless, cool. Jeff Garrett, big, loud, broad-shouldered. Hey, Dave, where were you last night, man? Jeff asked. We looked for you after the game. I had to miss it. Sorry. Three hours worth of homework. Two of them for Griffin's class, I'll bet. A lot of good that did me. Whole darned assignment blew out of my hands on the way in here. They were too far ahead of her now for her to hear them, and Susan accepted defeat. It didn't really matter anyway. Walking into class beside David Ruggles would have been a farce, and everyone would have known it. Another girl might have pulled it off. Someone with more sophistication than she. Someone used to walking beside attractive boys and chatting gaily and smiling disarmingly. The only attractive boys Susan ever walked beside were named McConnell, and most of the time she hated all three of them. Oh, well, she thought wryly. At least I stepped on his paper. That's more than has ever happened before. Next time we meet, he'll know who I am. The girl with the dirty shoes. Francis's question came back to her. Are you going to be a single person, Sue? No. Yes. Probably.
Wasn't that an appropriate fate for someone like Susan McConnell? Someone with a handsome father and a gorgeous, vivacious mother, whose looks had all been poured into three dreadful, handsome, smart-aleck little boys. But that was for now. Things did sometimes change. Someday... Someday what? Her boniness would blossom into curves. She would get contact lenses. She who had been told by not one, not two, but three different doctors that her corneas weren't shaped right to take contacts, even soft ones. She would turn overnight into a femme fatale. Is that what would happen? Why did she keep trying to fool herself by thinking someday, when the word was actually never? Morosely, Susan let the tide of bodies sweep her on down the hall into the door of room 117.